station. WMNF Tampa. Hey, this is Patrick from the Black Keys. You're listening to WMNF 88.5 Community Radio. Welcome to another edition of the Sunday Forum right here on WMNF 88.5 Tampa, Sarasota, St. Pete. 
This is your host, Walter L. Smith II, the voice of the Tampa Bay area, along with my main man, Mobility, the head of the Fourth State crew. Hey. What's up, man? Not much, not much. Yeah. Just staying woke. Hey, man, thank you for Being last conscious. week, bro. <laughs> thank sure. you for last week, man. You know, you, we had fun. That was a heck of a job, bro. <laughs> you know, I was, I was down for the count, boy, but boy, I, I, we sat there listening. We were like, Mobility, Mobility. Oh, yeah. Mobili. It, was like, it was like being the Ali fight or something. Okay. <laughs> That's what's up. <laughs> hey, man, no, you did an excellent job, brother. You did an excellent job. Thank you. Um, listen, we got a lot to talk about, brother. Oh, a lot man. to talk about. Um, we want to talk about the concerns that we have in our community with regard to, uh, you know, we always talk about liberation, right? Um, solutions, resolutions, things like that. But I think that in the state of Florida, we are in a particularly different situation with the type of leadership that we have here. Now, different people have different opinions about the leadership that we have. Um, but if you, it, it, and you cannot, you cannot be monolithic in your thought process about what we, about what's happening to us, right? Um, however, however, um, the, you can make assumptions that what is happening to us right now, to the black community in particular, is damaging in so many different ways. I know, you know, we talk about issues, uh, environmental issues. Uh, I've watched as power companies have put, have put together preemptions throughout the state of Florida in order to continue to burn fossil fuels that damage the health for public health of black communities and brown communities, community, just poor communities overall. When you come into the city, for instance, right, in the core, you can actually see uh, as you drive into the city of Tampa, you can see the smog and the difference in the air, right? So I can see that. that that's bad. But this legislations allow these people to continue to do this. I know that um, we spoke before when I came back from D.C., about uh, when I was up there lobbying for uh, clean air, right? Yeah. Okay, that was because I sat there in the room, man, and I was there with this this little girl who was, I mean, she was in some bad shape. She was in some bad shape. Um, she was a little Chicana girl. Um, for those people who don't understand the difference between Chicana and Mexican, understand. Chicana means, or Chicano means, that you were born, you're, you're of Mexican descent, and you were born in the United States. Mexican obviously means that you were born in the country of Mexico. Um, and she was born with this issue of breathing where her lung, her little lungs, she's only four or five years old, her little lungs were burning because of the environmental standards that were allowed to take place under the Trump administration when they rolled back um, oversight over clean air. He cut the budget of EPA. There was no EPA oversight there, and then companies just went crazy, right? Uh, when you start looking at things like uh, 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 people being able to afford energy bills, right? These things are getting crazy, man. Um, people are losing their kids in you know in the house. Like they, you know, once you lose your your um, public housing as a result of the shutdown, a shutoff, right? Then what ends up happening is um, some people end up losing their children because they have no place to go or they have uh, unsuitable housing for them. 
And so that ends up happening. So that's an energy burden, right? Um, there are different dimensions to problems that we have. Uh, then we look at, at, the, at the issue of uh, economics beyond an energy burden or anything like that. Let's look at, at how, we, how we develop our communities. We're depending too much on, um, on people to make decisions for us. And I, I'm a bit concerned, I'm very concerned at what I'm seeing, especially when I look at the predominant numbers of, of, of the predominant number of amount of ownership, it seems, in East Tampa uh, and, and the numbers of buildings that are going dormant in real estate. Uh, the, what used to be um, one of our biggest grocery stores, what was a Winn-Dixie at one time, uh, is shut down. It's gone. It's there, but it's gone. It's dead. And we have a CRA in East Tampa. My question to the CRA would be, why have you not purchased that property with an $11 million budget? Hmm. It would be worth it. And cert certainly, it will be worth it to own that building and be able to uh, find a black-owned grocery chain that you could bring in to own that if you want to do that, whatever you want to do, but to, but, to, but to do something that was going to help out the economic development of this community. I'm sure that's a rhetorical question, right? Because you know the answer. <laughs> no, I know, I know the answer. Of course, I know the answer. Right. But I'm just simply they're saying, convert that money if it doesn't get used to right. something else. Right. And so, listen, we, we have we have a we have a great show today. We're going to be looking at this and other things um, uh, with our dear friend Life Malcolm, who Life, who is one of our our, our local attorneys um, and well respected leader right here in the Tampa Bay area. As well as throughout the state, um, life. How you doing, brother? I'm in the game, brother African. How about yourself? I'm all right. I'm all right. That's yeah, our thing, man. That's our thing. Yeah, we, we brother Africans. Yeah, yeah, all brother, day, all day. <laughs> yeah. Come so, on again and say hey to everybody, man. What's going on, everybody? Um, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, my name is Life Malcolm, and I'm. I have the extreme, uh, esteemed honor. I guess it's extreme because it's, you know, it's a rare invitation <laughs> to uh, be here on the Sunday Forum with uh, my dear brothers, Petro Mabili and uh, the leader of the Fourth Estate, Mr. Walter L. Smith II. So, um, <laughs> yes, I'm glad to be up in here, up in here. Hey, man, it's all good. It's all good. Listen, uh, first of all, let me just say, um, your wife. My wife. Dr. Faith. How you, how's she doing? She's doing splendidly, man. Um, how's the business? Everything going well? Business is going well. You know, always growing and um, looking for new ways to uh, be a, a benefit to our community. So, you know, she has some very uh, um, um, progressive ideas. Uh, and we're looking to see those uh, bear fruit, and, you know, towards the end of the year to beginning part of next year. So, you know, just always impressed with her um, her thriftiness, her um, her visions, and uh, her tireless uh, quest to make sure that she gets all of her patients to live to be a healthy 100 years old. I know that's right. Yeah. And, uh, get that 120 in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 120. 120. That 120, that's promised, baby. Go ahead. But no, I, I, I asked the question, obviously, because one of the things that we talk about here on the show is the health desert. 
mm-hmm. that exists, not just the food desert, but the health desert mm-hmm. that exists in the black community where we have lost by design, I believe. Uh, and you, you, you've heard it on the show many times before. Um, uh, when we talked to uh, Dr. Norm Clement, and within you are within the norms, mm-hmm. and the different um, bogus investigations that we've seen that have caused some real serious problems for our black pharmacists uh, and our black doctors uh, in different fields, whether it's dentistry uh, or oncology or whatever it might be. Uh, and we've lost pharmacists as a result of it throughout this nation. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I'm always looking out for that and always praying that that, that uh, you and Faith are able to make certain that, that you stay uh, viable. Anything that we can do here on the Sunday Forum to assist any doctors that are out there, but especially um, uh, uh, your wife, want to make sure that we are doing everything we can to support our doctors, um, our attorneys, um, our uh, our physicians, our medical professionals, people like that, so that we can build a more resilient community. Right on. I appreciate that too. And you know, even as I spoke of Faith's constant uh, uh, striving to make sure she is the the asset to our community that she wants to be, um, based on her knowledge, training, and um, her uh, her her. Uh, understanding of what it means to be healthy, what it takes to be healthy, and what it takes to live long. Um, I, 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 I did not mention the the struggles that often emerge uh, when when trying to uh, do these things, if you will, against the grain, so to speak. So you know, she uh, is her her quest is not unmet. Uh, by challenges and obstacles, but um, we, you know, we 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 are, um, you know, we we have a certain kind of uh, um, belief, if you will. It's, it's more than a belief. We we have a belief system, you know, that informs us uh, theory, uh, that informs our practice, and a practice that informs our theory, and so constantly learning how to. Uh, you know, um, circumvent, uh, hop over the obstacles so that we can uh, bring to our people what it is, uh, you know, we, we know our people need. So it's, it's it's not without challenge, you know what I mean? Because um, although there is conventional medicine, because she is a conventional uh, internist, but she's also a lifestyle medicine practitioner. Right. And... Um, would we call it holistic medicine? Is? I, I mean, I, I'm not. I'm, I don't know what the distinction would be between lifestyle and holistic. I think they're the same, mm-hmm. but you know, it might be. You know how some people say you used to just be vegetarian, now you got the vegans and the pescatarians and all that. <laughs> so you know, it might be some nuance that you know <laughs> uh, makes that, that makes uh, something different between a lifestyle medicine practitioner and a holistic doctor. Right. Uh, at least it might be um, you know um, connotative implications there. I, I just don't know. But I know she uh, um, is the, the the credentials say lifestyle medicine. So she's a, I can say with confidence she's a lifestyle medicine practitioner, and it sometimes con- con- conflicts with some people's ideas of uh, conventional medical solutions to problems that we see all the time. But you know uh, the the whole idea of health deserts can't 
you know, that conventional medicine has no solutions, no no ideas, no vision to uh, solving the issue of health deserts. But lifestyle medicine does. You know, what I mean, right. and, and and I guess in a sense it is holistic. You know, not, not to backtrack from what I said. I'm just saying this. You know, as an independent thought, it is holistic. The the lifestyle medicine approach to say, you know, this problem is connected to that problem, connected to that problem, and you know, they all have a uh, a, a common solution. We can find a place to solve all these problems at the same time. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. so absolutely. It's holistic absolutely. in that way for sure. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> uh, you know, we uh let's get down to it, folks. Let's do let's it. Let's get down to it. Okay, so bring on the callers, man. All bring these the people callers. that like yeah, to call man. and say crazy let's, stuff. Let's, 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 they're com- it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> Trust me, it's coming. Yeah, after it's I coming. hang up, they got a whole lot to say. And you know, yeah. now we can, can talk to me for a long time now, you know. Yeah. <laughs> now you're in the studio. Yeah. All right, so here's what we got. Um we're we're big critics. Extreme, extremely big critics of the current administration. Um, I am not a fan. I personally am not a fan. Um, <laughs> we got some. We got some major problems, and one of the biggest things that we're that we're faced with now has to do with uh, the move that was made uh, some time ago to eliminate. Has to do with education. Has to do with the the move that was made some time ago with regard to the extraction of black history from our educational um, systems. Uh, it started out with public schools. Then the effort was made to move that into the cultural studies uh, at, at, the co- at the collegiate level, right? Uh, so, and almost to the point, actually to the point that the move would uh, would eradicate culturally, even in our uh, in in our in our um, in our colleges, the existence of what we know today as the Divine Nine, um, uh, Omega Psi Phi, uh, aka um, Delta Sigma Theta, um, you know Kappa, you know, and so forth, or all the Greek, the Black Greek sororities and fraternities. Um, this all is a problem. We see it as, as a serious problem. Um, and so one of the things that we're, we're seeing happen is the move to, and we've suggested many, many times that we need to be and should have been doing all along, teaching our own black history within our own communities. Um, let's, let's get perspective on that. So I would say, you know, as many people should know, your father was a big proponent of that and led such an effort, that being us teaching our own history, led such an effort by the by instituting the, the Walter Smith Library, right? So we know that uh, uh, we can... Uh, uh, teach ourselves history. We have history worth teaching. I read the other day, just uh, kind of in preparing to be on the show and talk about some of the things I figured you would bring up. Because, you know, me, I don't tend to pay a lot of attention to what um, colonizers do because uh, they, they've been doing it like for 
thousands of years, hundreds of years in this country, but thousands of years for sure. And I've, I you know they made me read their history books and uh, enough newspapers to know that you know how the colonial mode of production works these days. So I don't get caught up in the details, and, and you know they, 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 I don't say that proudly. I, I should perhaps you know know more about what they do. <laughs> um, but it's just you know it's just, the players change, the game doesn't. So I, I, I know enough about them to know how it goes. Um, but I, I read the other day just kind of preparing, anticipating some of the questions and things we might talk about. The the, the city's um, overview. There's a there's a um, on the, the Tampa has a, a website, right? Like uh, Tampa.gov or something, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And um, the, city, the city government website, right? Right. It has a website. And you can go to the website and um, you there's this Tampa overview. You know, this, this history of Tampa it goes way back to like 1500 something when um, uh, somebody came over here. Ponce de Leon. Ponce de Leon, right. That's the guy who came over here. And then, you know, fast forwards to the 1800s when the Henry, you know, Henry B. Plant and the, the train system and all that. And it's, 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 you know, hundreds, thousands, maybe thousands of words on there. And it only mentions, it don't mention black one time, right? right. And it only mentions African once. And you know what, it, you know, the context in which it mentions African? Can you guess? What is it? Bush Gardens. You got yeah, yeah. You know, Bush Gardens had this African feel to it, right? Doing that, the dark continent. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. When we grew up, that's what they call it. Come to the dark continent, right? And so um, that that overview of the city, you know, it talks about the festivals uh, in Tampa. Like, there's this section, uh, this heading that says like cultural events or annual events or festivals. And I know for sure that Tampa has had a uh, Tampa Bay Black History, uh, uh, Tampa Bay Black Heritage Festival is what is what it's called, right? Um, I think uh, Dr. Samuel Wright was intru- uh, instrumental in starting that festival o- over 20 years ago. Right. It, it don't make it don't make the um, the, the city's uh, overview. You know, the African community is completely uh, obscured by uh, the, the city. Um, um, in in it, on, on its own website, as if the African contribution to Tampa's community is insignificant or non-existent. Right. So um, it, uh, that's evidence to me that they're not going to do it. You know, the colonizers not going to do it. They can. They control the website. They, you know, I know for sure uh, that Zaster Caster has been around long enough to know that the Tampa Bay Black Heritage Festival has been around for 20 years and deserves merit and mention. They say a word. I mean, this festival's brought, and I'm no big proponent of the festival. Millions I used to work with the, uh, the right. festival years ago and right. we parted ways for, you know, you know, we had different visions of how things should go. So I'm not like here uh, 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 promoting it or endorsing it, right? It's a good thing. But I'm just saying it's it's it merits mention in my view. They, they brought people like Dick Gregory. I mean, you know, it's not just some local Rudy Pooh kind of you know on the corner thing. You know, what I mean, you got Dick Gregory, Maya Angelou. I mean, people who of a national international significance have come to this thing. City don't mention it. You know, uh, to, to inform its African community that Tampa has stuff. You know, the African community around the world that Tampa has stuff for us too. Don't say it. And so it's incumbent upon us. And I know I'm probably taking way longer than no, you no, thought. No, no, um, but I said, but. Um, and call in, folks, 813-239-9663. We want to hear from you on these topics. Now, I'm trying to tell you, because we're talking pure, we're talking liberation and correction right here on the show. 
So it's incumbent upon us. It's our duty to teach ourselves. We, we, we see when given the opportunity, the ability to say something about Tampa's uh, African community and the contributions that African people make to Tampa, the city won't do it. And so uh, the alternative is, you know, is, and really it's not an alternative in my view. It's, it's, the, it's the demand. It's the, it's the only way to do it. We got to teach ourselves. And if DeSantis say don't do it, so what? Still do it. You know, uh, the colonizers going to always say that you can't do something that's going to uh, take away from them their ability to control military might, uh, 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 economic power, and, and political power. And of course, uh, education, you know, be it, you know, history is nothing but telling the truth, laying the foundation about how the world uh, came to be how it is. And when people understand uh, how the world and why the world is like it is, certainly when African people understand how the world is and why it came to be this way, you know, we can come up with better solutions than we've had uh, uh, presented to us by colonizers throughout the course of time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So we got to do it ourselves. I guess that's the bottom line. You know, we, well, no, we have to teach ourselves. I, I, there's, there's no question about it. No question about it. Now, and I, I give a shout out to Beulah Baptist Church. Right on. Beulah Baptist uh, started this thing that uh, we, uh, that people are starting to organize, actually. Um, they they actually were able to get it off the, off the ground first. Um, we started at the, at the Dr. Walter Smith Library and we started organizing to do, to teach the courses, um, the black history courses, uh, and we're just, you know, organizing. Okay. Right? That's all it is. We're going to get off the ground. Um, and there's some other folks that are talking about getting it done and we, we're going to urge them, please, ma'am, please, sir, please, folks, get it off the ground. Get it off the ground. We must get off the ground. Um, well, let me, can I just jump in and sure, say this? Sure. Um, you know, I, I, I appreciate the invitation to be on the show and in the announcement I saw you post on um, on Facebook. It mentioned something that I neglected to mention early on. I, I'm, a, I'm a member of the African People's Socialist Party. And um, uh, the leadership of that party in the International African Revolution is Chairman Omalia Shetela. And the African People's Socialist Party for more than 50 years has uh, uh has been on a mission to complete the black revolution of the 1960s. And Chairman O'Malley has written numerous books, articles, uh, thousands of, you know, pro- produced thousands of newspapers. The, our newspaper's called The Burning Spear. There are thousands all around the world. So there's, we, we've, there are organizations. Go ahead. Did, did I tell you I, I, I saw one when I was in South Africa? No, you didn't, brother. I was in South Africa at, uh, how long ago? This was, oh, this was, Thirty years ago. Okay, all right. Been around. Um, yeah. So this is when I when I was in when I was in one time I was in South Africa. I was I was actually walking with my father um, at what was what was uh, a remnant. It, the school had been attacked by by the Boers. Okay. Um, sometime during during the apartheid era, and the dormitories had been shot up and everything like that. But on the wall. Was the burning spear? Yeah, 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 Magazine. Yeah, and I was like, "Dad," and I told him. I, I told. Him, I said, uh, "This." He said, "My dad knew exactly who it was." Okay, and he said, "Is that?" Yeah, I should tell him. Yeah, and I was like, "Yeah, that's it." Yeah, he said, "Take it." So I tell you, it was on the wall. Too. Yeah, yeah, and I, I have it somewhere in my at my house, but I, I never got rid of that thing. Yeah, 
Yeah. I mean, you know, the African People's Socialist Party has been around for over 50 years, and we are all around the world, you know, certainly on the continent and um, several places, uh, you know, several other places around the world throughout this country. But the point I'm making when I say this is that the African People's Socialist Party uh, already, and, and that's not to say that we don't need Beulah Baptist and the Walter Smith Library right. to do it. I'm saying that, you know, uh, there's leadership on how to do it. There, there's leadership that it, that shows it can be done. And, and uh, more than that, uh, or at least in in addition to that, it, there's th those examples show us that it needs to be done. Because um, when we teach our own history, it sounds more like history than the mythology that people pass off as history in these um, uh, places they call schools. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so it, there is there's an argument. Uh, let, let me let me point this out. Billy, you know what this is. The, the issue now is in education is it has been for quite some time um that monies need to go public monies need to go directly to public education right um i have been a proponent of that how with with one issue and that issue because of my because i have a son who is deaf um i find it necessary because if we do not have the resources within the public school system to educate our children, we need to have the choice to take our child out and put a child in an educational facility that's going, or educational um, situation that is going to help him or her to be successful. Mm -hmm. No doubt. Uh, and that that is something that I've been a very big proponent of. So scholarships that help to do that, because that, that's expensive. And many, many times the people who are faced with that issue are people who don't who don't have that kind of money. Yeah, man, I'm, you know, and I'm smiling because uh, I remember a few weeks ago you had a guy on your program. I can't remember who he was, but I, I called in um, and said something about uh, if you want to see how Tampa treats its black community, look at the Jackson House. Mm -hmm. And um, mm -hmm. and the, the guy who was a guest, you know, when I hung up, you know, retorted that he hopes that we stop seeing black and white, you know, and we all get together and, you know, uh, eliminate the divide oh. and all this kind of stuff, right? Yeah. But the reality is um, uh, to to ignore my... Africanness, my blackness is to ignore reality, you know, and we that, that doesn't push us any closer to a solution, right? And I and I bring it up in the context of what you just said, because I'm a, I'm a hard hearing, a hard of hearing person as well. I wear hearing aids, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I know it's like it's a different world, right? Mm -hmm. And, and I, I need people to know that about me. Like you need your son, you know, people needs to know that your son has. Uh, you know, a different uh, living circumstance that requires different kind of attention, different kind of, you know, uh, commitment to this, the same process, right? The, if it's education, you know, he, he needs something different than others who can hear, who are good hearing people, right? And, and so you have to be able to recognize that you can't say, oh, well, or, you know, look at him like the, the hearing person. You know, that's ridiculous. And, and people do that all the time when it comes to our African selves. Well, we all the same, but the, the reality is we're not, we're not, you know, and I don't know Nobody is a friend of mine because you can't see my color. That don't make you a friend of mine because you think we all the same and we should be all the same and we don't deserve special treatment. I have children, right? 
I have uh, three living children, um, all, all girls, 25, 15, and 14. You know, I, I, I would be some kind of spectacular fool to treat my 14-year-old like the 25-year-old and vice versa. I have to recognize that they have different needs, and that's what a good parent, uh, you know, a, a good leader would do. Say, you know, this person, I see the reality uh, that this person, in which this person exists, and I'm going to give this individual or, or this group of individuals what they need you know, though it might be different from what this other individual group of individuals need, right? Makes sense to me. Absolutely. Yeah. But our leadership don't do that. You know, um, they, they, they want to be this uh, homogenous, we all the same, um, don't see color type stuff, which uh, only serves to undergird the colonial mode of production. Most of these people, most of the people who say that they don't want to get rid of the colonial mode of production because it serves them. But the colonial mode of production has to go if we ever going to see any of these problems that we talk about on the Sunday Forum and in other places uh, uh, resolved. You know, if we ever going to see them resolved, we have to deal with the colonial mode of production, not these individual uh, issues that the colonial mode of production breeds. And, um, yeah. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um. Man, you know, I, I wanted to jump in because I, I wanted to go back a little bit, like yeah. because you know I'm just you know I think that the, to deny people uh, to deny uh, that color is an is existence <laughs> is a distraction, and I think a lot of what I'm seeing coming from white leadership in this state and in this country is a huge distraction. Mm -hmm. And I know that the NAACP has called for a travel advisory to the state of Florida because of the policies <laughs> of the Hispanic community has done the same thing. Equality Florida has done the same thing. But, you know, other states too. They, they should be yeah. including yeah. other states, but this guy is out of control in their minds. But, you know, I'm just wondering, you might have to channel your wife a little bit here, like, how do you think this is, hap this is uh, making black people feel? You know, we've historically have felt Invisible, but when we see all of these distractions around us, we see this this quote unquote anti woke. You know, it's, it's it's almost violent language in there. He says, "Florida is where woke goes it's to die." That's worse. violence. That's, and I'm wondering how are black people internalizing this? You know, right now politically in this state and in this country, how do you think? And what are you hearing from people? What are your wife hearing from people in terms of how they're internalizing politics right now? Call in eight one three two three nine. Nine six six three eight one three two three nine nine six six three. Our guest this morning is Attorney Life Malcolm. Please go ahead. Well, you know, Chairman O'Malley, uh, Chairman O'Malley has, has taught us uh, often that uh, most Africans around the world, because of the colonial condition, we, you know, we, we think we're white minds. So uh, most African people hear that stuff, uh, Billy, and internalize it like like white people, you know, and and and, and take it on as if it's our own identity. Because uh, as Chairman would say, uh, for for so long, African people have been uh, the objects of history. And Instead of the subjects of history, we don't have any ownership of our own identity, our own selves. You know, and it's, it is, it's, I mean, he would say that, you know, he changed his name because the name that he was born with, you know, wasn't a name that he got from his father. It came from somebody who owned, you know, his father, grandfather, great grand, whoever, right? And so he, he, you can't even have your own dignity of self um, without the, uh, the, the imposition of colonial. Uh, uh, authority, and 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 so in the streets, you know, you you hear oftentimes uh, African people who um, do not yet 
have the benefit of African internationalism, which is the theory of the African People's Socialist Party, just regurgitate what they hear um, um, colonizers and white people say, and or they uh, black people who uh, want to sound like colonizers and white people, you know, they they just regurgitate that stuff, and that's so that's the common thought. And, and oftentimes, I tell you, I'm met with hostility when um, I suggest that there's a different way, uh, a, a, a better way. They're like, well, it, it ain't worked yet. Y'all still in the same condition if it worked why you know how come we still here but the reality is uh <laughs> white supremacy is real and i say that I make that statement mainly for the people who do the thing like we don't see color, we don't hear, you know, right. we don't hear death or whatever, right? These people will say, well, uh, I don't believe in white supremacy because ain't nobody supreme to me. The reality is supremacy means superiority, superiority and authority. And right now, white people got the most money, got the most guns, got the most politicians. They are supreme in power and authority in this colonial existence. Even when they don't make sense, right? 100%. It don't matter if they right or wrong, they in charge. You know who told me that? A colonizer told me that you know, a long time ago. It don't matter if they right or wrong, they in charge. There's a, there is a supremacy that we need to overturn, but we can't overturn it if we ignore it. But and, what, well, let, me, let me also just interject. Yeah, real, 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 real quick, real quick. Hold, hold, hold on thought. Say that again. We, we can't overturn it. It doesn't over, matter if they're right or wrong. What? They're in charge. Right. But, <laughs> but haven't we always resisted? It's always yes. been a strong and ferocious resistance. Every intelligent African has. But they, you know, over time, the colonizer is, is, is savvy. You know, he'll, he'll make you think it's all right. You know, um, um, but like Malcolm once said, you know, by the way, happy Malcolm X Day. You know, we just celebrated Malcolm's, it would have been Malcolm's 98th birthday, birthday on the 19th. Right. Yes. And yes. so, um, you know, Malcolm would say, just because you stick the, if you stick the knife in, what do you say, six inches, and, and you pull it out three, that ain't progress, you know. Uh, <laughs> you know? But, but we think it's progress. And they'll make us think, you know, the colonizers are, are brilliant at making us believe that things are okay because they look better than slavery, you know, mm. than the conditions did, you know, and, and I don't know, but that's a toss-up. You know, does it look better uh, now than it did when we were in, in slavery? Because at least... At least then, at least then, there was no uh, uh, no question about are we all together. No, we knew who you were and who I was, and and we behaved like that and moved yes. in a certain kind of way and, and always struggled against it. But it's some people, and and Chairman will say that hyphen messes people up. This African American, you can't. Chairman will say you cannot be an African and an American at the same time because you cannot be the slave and the slave master at the same time. But it and, also denies our international uh, intel uh, international presence because if you're black, then you're in solidarity with black people all over the globe. But I yeah, can also... Too, but if you're African, it also... We African plain and simple would be chairman's response and his mind. You know, and, and, and that makes... That hooks us up with people all around the world, too. Yeah. And not only that, it gives us a location, a place. It makes us say that those are our resources. The 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 oil, the gold, the coal tan, the sisal, the, the cocoa, the coffee, all this stuff that you steal from Africa belongs to us because we African. Like Marcus Garvey said, Africa for Africans at home and abroad. He said it then, said it now, and that's what it's supposed to be. And and so that's why we, we talk about not just, you know, black nationalism, but African internationalism that recognizes, that, that, that forces us to recognize that we are African one people and on top of that, that, that source of, the source of our uh, heritage and resources is Africa. Well, I, I do, before we go back to the, uh, go to the telephone lines, Walter and Life, I do want to mm -hmm. give Shout out to the new College of Florida students who attended their alternative commencement as a way of protest, mm. protesting this governor. Absolutely. Uh, listen, man, 
I'm so glad that you say the stuff you're saying, brother. I've been saying the same thing for years and years. And I think we, we say it for years, man. And, oh, man. I, you know, it's, it's like, this is like, you know, when I, when I left church initially to start doing this show almost 10 years ago. Wow. You know, it's been almost 10 years. Wow. My pastor and my wife and I sat and we were like, listen, you know, we got I got this show, you know. He said, Walter, listen, let me explain something to you. There's no shame in what you're about to do. He said, you have a mission. You have a calling. And this is what you're supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. This is your ministry. Mm -hmm. Now there are those that that would that would that, that would frown on on that on the concept of using ministry with what was just said. Mm -hmm. I fail to see how there's a problem with that. Yeah, we could talk about that too. You know, I talk about it all the time. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember my father coming back to me one time and saying to me, uh, he, he, he said, "Son, no, no." He said, "Your your pastor's right." Yeah. You know, everybody was everybody was was I had all the encouragement to, to push forward, right? And my father said to me, he says, one time, he says, he remembers um, one of the most profound times that it happened was with a pastor here in the state of Florida who said to him, um, uh, well, they, they wanted him to come and speak. And then the pastor at the last minute came and said, no, we're, we're not, let's, let's not do that. And so he saw the pastor another time and it was, somehow the subject was brought up again. And he said, well, uh, Dr. Smith, you know, uh, we're in the business of saving souls, mm -hmm. mm. not politics. Yeah. And I'm sitting here, and, and I, when my dad told me that, I was, I, we both just sat there and laughed. He and I had, had the same the same personality from yeah. that standpoint. Yeah. And we sit there and just laugh and stuff like that. And, he's, and he said, son, let me tell you something. You ain't saving no souls if you ain't in, if you ain't in the politics game. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, you know, <laughs> you know, uh, Chairman O'Malley used to tell her once did this presentation. It was, uh, if Jesus was a revolutionary, why is your preacher such an Uncle Tom? <laughs> 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 it's, it's, it's a great point. Because, because uh, Jesus in the Bible was a revolutionary. He was a, he was a nationalist. It, it, there's a scripture. I don't, and I'm no Bible you know, person like that. I don't know the scriptures like I once did you know, growing up. But I know there's a scripture that where Jesus uh, says that he came for the lost. He came for nothing but the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Right. You know, uh, these my people, you know, and I think he says to the woman in that same passage, like, I can't give to you what's for them. You know, I'm a, I'm a nationalist, in other words. And and so um, the, the, the notion that uh, that that we have some <laughs> heavenly work to do uh, and not some earthly work is, you know, a counter to everything in my view that the Jesus in the Bible stood for. Right. You know, I think he said one time, like, how can you say you love your brother who you see every day? Or how can you say you love God who you've never seen and, you know, act like you don't love your hate your brother? Yeah, who you see every day? You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, th there's a, a reality that we have to deal with right here. If you if you want to, uh, you know, Mr. Preacher, if, if you, you know, <laughs> if you, you want to live like Jesus and, and 
and you know, live like Jesus. Jesus wasn't living for a pension plan. He came with a mission. He, he was ready to die. You know, like, like Biggie, he, he came ready to die. He wasn't looking for retirement, you know, setting himself up for, uh, you know, some uh, elaborate future. He, he came here to give his life for his people, put his life on the line. I don't see, for, quite frankly, I don't see that coming from uh, the, the church community. I, 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 I don't see uh, uh, these, these brothers and sisters uh, putting their lives on the line. Uh, I see them hiding behind the line um, more than I see them putting their lives on the line. And, um, yeah. It reminds me of what Senator Warnock of Georgia said about his, his father, who said his father was a minister, uh, but through the week he was a capitalist, but on Sunday morning he was a socialist yeah, when the yeah, collection yeah. plate went around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Close it, it. Yeah, you can't serve God and mammon. I know, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Hey, listen, we have a call in line, but after we call, we're going to take, take a little light. And we're going to hit the uh, hit one of our songs here for the week. All right, all right. Let's go. We got in the line here. All right, go ahead, caller. You're on the Sunday Forum with Life Malcolm, Walter L. Smith II. Go ahead. Oh, good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. Chris Steiner here. And, uh, good yeah, morning, Chris. That, uh, yeah, good morning. That um, uh, that uh, tyrants' uh, favorite uh, environment is one that's anti-science, where uh, those who are healing are the ones who are most targeted or as I say, the it's a it's a, always a far greater show of force to heal and protect than it is to harm or menace, and uh, you can always do more by uh, being constructive than uh, you know, just being against uh, something because uh, perhaps uh, that's what you've been taught, or that's all you've been taught, and maybe <clears throat> that's uh, all people believe things because you know, they they've. Uh, they haven't taken care of their lifestyle and, and false beliefs because they don't know any better. They haven't heard otherwise. So um, uh, that's what I'm uh, calling about mainly. Um, and uh, in relation to that, the, the colonial virus, well, like you call it life, right the consistency of agenda uh, around the world, um, three African nations where their leaders were uh, died suspiciously after they refused COVID shots in their countries. But uh, to start out, um, I was falsely accused last week, Mobili, of running game by you when you said that uh, I was telling a lie about uh, when I gave an actual study of the uh, Pfizer COVID shot that integrates into uh, human liver cells within six hours. You said it was not pure and you couldn't remember the term, but it was actually peer reviewed, uh, which shows a parent lack of uh, interest in science, uh, because I did give the publication uh, on the air showing <clears throat> that it is, uh, you know, it's been published in current issues of molecular biology. It is peer-reviewed. And uh, and so, um, you know, who really is running game here? I mean, those who don't have liability, they're not interested in safety or innovation. So uh, that's fascism, which is corporatism. And... Uh, and I also wanted to give a, uh, I'll just give that study again for the audience who hadn't heard it. It's a SARS-CoV-2 spike impairs DNA damage repair and inhibits uh, VDJ recombination in vitro. Um, uh, that was, I'm sorry, that's a different one that I meant to give, uh, but I was cut off. Uh, it was published in Viruses 2021, uh, Viruses Magazine. Um, I'm sorry, um uh, the other, the other one is. Uh, I tell you what, no, no, Chris, let, let me, let me, let me, hold on, wait, 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 wait. 
Let me let me uh, let me stop you there for a moment, if you will. If you'll post it, you're welcome to post it on the on the on the the uh, Sunday Forum Facebook page. Okay, post it on there because we want to make sure that we because we have a, a long show ahead of us right now. A long show. We want to make certain that we get in everything that we possibly can uh, with that. Okay, but if but oh, I want to yeah, be respectful of the fact that you that you did uh, do the research. And that we we do want to make certain that you that you give that research in, okay? So please get all that right, research yeah. on our page. All right, all right, and, all right. Uh, yeah, I, I certainly will plan to anyhow. But uh, yeah, folks can just do a search of Lund University, L-U-N-D University, Sweden, in vitro human liver cell line. Um, you know, the, the full title: Intracellular Reverse Transcription of Pfizer BioNTech COVID nineteen mRNA vaccine in vitro in human liver cell line. Lund University, January 2022. Okay. Um, All right. Thank you, man. If I um, jumped the gun too much last week, you know, I do apologize, but I just, you know, understood him to say that it changed your DNA, and that's a dangerous thing to say. DNA DNA is something that changes over time, but if the vaccine or the virus doesn't get into the nucleus, then I think you're not talking real science. So it doesn't change your DNA just for taking the vaccine or probably even just getting the the virus but you know i'll accept uh if i didn't give him an opportunity to voice that study <laughs> let's do that let's let's take it that route uh it was in, in in the interest of making sure that we that we uh have a great show and we're inclusive with everything let's make sure that we uh let's get this call and then we'll go ahead and hit this and hit this music man all right now Go ahead, Carla. You're on the Sunday Forum. Yeah, yeah, I would like to continue, uh, but, uh, yeah, I just heard your comment, Mobility, on the air after my call was discontinued somehow. And, uh, yeah, it actually does get into the DNA, into the nucleus. So um, you you should read the study before you comment. Okay, let's uh, let's pick that up another time. We can go to our music if you want to, Walter. Let's do that. Chocolate City. Oh, what's happening, CC? They still call it the White House, but that's a temporary condition, too. Can you dig it, CC? To each is reach, and if I don't cop, it ain't mine to have. But I'll be reaching for you, because I love you, CC. Right on. There's a lot of chocolate cities around. We've got Newark, we've got Gary. Somebody told me we got L.A. And we're working on Atlanta. Can't you feel my breath? <laughs> All up around your neck. <laughs> hey, CC, they say you jive and game and can't be changed. But on the positive side, uh, you're my piece of the rock, and I love you, CC. Can you dig it? Hey, uh, we didn't get our 40 acres and a mule, but we did get you, CC. <laughs> yeah. Gaining on ya. Moving in around ya. God bless CC and his yellow suburbs. <laughs> Gaining on ya. 
in the blood. on you, tell them to make sure they got their James Brown pass. And don't be surprised if Ali is in the White House. And Reverend Ike, Secretary of the Treasury. Richard Pryor, Minister of Education. Stevie Wonder, Secretary of Fine Arts. And Miss Aretha Franklin, the First Lady. Are you out there, CC? A chocolate city is no dream. It's my piece of the rock. And I dig you, CC. God bless Chocolate City and its vanilla suburbs. Can y'all get to that? This is WMNF Tampa 88.5 FM, Community Conscious Radio. Chocolate City's all over Florida. We want your telephone calls. 813-239-9663. This is the Sunday Forum. Is Tampa going to be our next CC? Why not? I believe so. Watch out now. Because we're gaining on you. Well, we got people like Life Malcolm in Tampa. See what happens. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Call me at 1-323-99663. We just got New York, I'm told. We got Mike Randolph. We got that Joe Robinson out there. is coming your way next. We're going to get an update from National Public Radio and then we'll be right back with the Sunday Forum, your telephone calls. So we want to keep it tuned right here on WMNF Tampa. Tampa. 